Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker, and joining me on today's podcast is Miles Garrett, Atlanta Falcons producer at Fox 5 Sports. Miles, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Dave, for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, and we had a good time when we were on uh, Falcoholic Live uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, I, I think we actually ran into each other with the uh, Atlanta Falcons UK guys um, on draft night. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Those guys uh, seem to have gotten in touch with every Falcons person on the planet. So, <laughs> guys over there, they are passionate fans, and I love them. Um, they are absolutely into it, uh, which is phenomenal. And I'm excited for them to have a game there this year. As a matter of fact, um, but I wanted to talk with you about this season because uh, we've gotten through the preseason. We have. We are officially in week one, which is sort of hard to believe. Uh, with everything that's going on, we are officially in week one, Thursday night, uh, Tampa Bay hosts uh, the Dallas Cowboys, but obviously we want to talk about the Falcons. But before we get into sort of the roster and, and our thoughts on that, I just want to recap real quickly the, the preseason and some of your thoughts on that as we you know head into the, the, the full 17-game season ahead of us. Do you think it was the right decision in hindsight um, for Arthur Smith to to sit many of his key starters, because this has come up repeatedly. I've seen this argument. I've seen people arguing that the Falcons are going to have a, a, a non-successful season because they didn't play Matt Ryan enough. Um, what do you think about Arthur Smith essentially choosing to sit key starters like Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley, Deion Jones, Grady Jarrett throughout the preseason? Yeah, I, I personally don't have an issue with it. Um, I mean, I think, as you saw, I believe most teams in the NFL didn't play their starters uh, mm-hmm. this preseason. And, you know, I think this just goes back to, you know, a lot of people looking at how poorly the Falcons have played in the preseason before. Uh, I mean, you, I think you saw the last couple of years, they did the same. They started pretty slow uh, under Dan Quinn, and it kind of bled into the, the regular season. So I think a lot of people assumed that maybe those slow starts were a subject of, you know, Matt Ryan and, Ridley, all those guys maybe not getting enough work in during the preseason. Um, I, I don't think that that's going to be an issue with this team. Um, I, I think they've been getting in good practices, whether that's joint practices with the Dolphins or, you know, just implementing their system. Because, I mean, again, the, the number one goal out of the preseason is to get out of there healthy. And right. for the Falcons, they've done just that. I mean, with the exception of AJ McCarron, um, you know, a lot of teams you've, you've been seeing this issue with um, uh, I, I forgot the, the J.K. Dobbins with, with the Ravens, you know, with yes. ACL. You, know, you put in Mike Davis for a series, Lord knows what could happen. You have a pointless, you know, exercise for, for your starting running back, and he may just end up tearing his ACL. You know, if, if you do that and you're like, why why are you even thinking about playing your starters in a pointless game? So, you know, hindsight's 2020, but I don't think this is going to be an issue for the Falcons. I, again, it might be an issue for the fans when they see that, you know, it's a new coach, the players are learning, are learning a new system. Uh, but in the long run, I don't think it's going to matter all that much. Yeah. I- I find it funny to think that 
Um, Matt Ryan getting 20 snaps is going to prepare him for an entire 17 game season. <laughs> like, Oh yeah. The, uh, the, what, however, 14, 15 year veteran needs 20 snaps to get ready for the season. I think right. he's really panicking right now. Yeah. And, uh, and the same for some of the other veterans, I, I highly doubt Grady Jarrett needed to go beat up some other offensive no. linemen, uh, <laughs> a third string defensive lineman at that. <laughs> right. Uh, we know what Grady can do. So I, I think, uh, Arthur Smith, as you as you noted, made the right decision to get these guys healthy into the regular season. Um, and what, if anything, do you think we learned about the Falcons in this preseason and camp uh, that maybe we didn't know about the team or about the coaches or about the players uh, coming in? Uh, well, I mean, it's kind of tough for me because I think this preseason, again, it was a little bit difficult to assess given that the starters didn't play and we didn't really see you know, this team at its full capacity of what it's going to be when, you know, they kick off against the Eagles. Um, but for me, the, the two things, I mean, one, one negative, and I think all Falcons fans saw this is just how, you know, perhaps thin they are given the cap space situation. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they just, you, you could really see that the depth issues on this team, especially on the offensive line, you know, should, should one of their starters go down, there's a real worry there on the offensive line for, you know, what, the depth concerns are right now. And uh, you know, that that's all due to this cap issue that they have. Um, but again, I think most Falcons fans were aware of that at this point. Um, you know, maybe some positives. Uh, I, I really like what Dean Peace is, is doing with the defense so far, albeit in the preseason. I think he's been putting in, implementing some new looks that we weren't seeing before, you know, some, some, some different schemes. I think you can notice the defense, you know, switching up their looks mid play, you know, while they're adjusting to the play call mm-hmm. or disguising something. Uh, I could see that a little bit when they were playing the uh, the Tennessee Titans in the first game, you know, in that first or second team. Apologize, my dog is off right now. Yeah, when uh, when they were giving up different looks against the the Titans, there, I think it was uh, it was evident there. But uh, I really like the table. Yeah, I uh, I'm, I'm with you. I think the surprising thing with the defense, I don't think anyone anticipated Dean Pease. Uh, showing as much as he did, and maybe the the reality is he he still hasn't shown much, which would be uh, quite encouraging, uh, considering some of the sort of basic vanilla defenses the Falcons have deployed under Dan Quinn since 2015. Um, oh, yeah. And you know, even looking back at the back end of 2020 with uh, Raheem Morris and Jeff Ulbrich and what they did, they did seem to use more uh, blitzing, but I, I don't think their looks were necessarily exotic. They were just bringing guys from different places. Uh, but as you mentioned, Pease, I think, is going to be that guy that's – he's going to disguise coverages. He's going to sh- throw exotic blitzes at these quarterbacks, uh, which could play favorably for the schedule they've got. They're facing a lot of young quarterbacks. They're either rookies or first- or second-year starters, uh, and that's going to be really interesting to see if Pease can get into their head. Um, and, and you said it there. That I think that was a big issue with, uh, you know, the, the Falcons on third downs last year, you know, mm-hmm. and even before that, you'd see them on, you know, third and long, however long it was. And they'd almost get into, I don't want to call it a prevent type defense, but it almost looked they they were playing for them not to get the first down instead of just playing defense. Yep. Um, and, and I really like that. Again, that was something I saw in the Titans game. You know, I think it was third and long. And I think Dean Peace just brought the house to get a sack. Yes. And, seeing something like that, I was like, man, that's refreshing. You know, you, you haven't seen them just be aggressive like that in so long. And I hope that that's something that we can see a little bit more with the starters. I certainly hope so. And it sounded like from the, the press conferences, he literally described the defense he wants to run as attacking, uh, which I hope holds up in the regular season. 
Um, as long right. as it's not fast and physical, whatever. Yeah. I, I like attacking better. Oh, bunch of Falcons fans are triggered right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Um, but before, we're going to talk about the defense. We're going to talk a little bit more about Pease, but I want to talk about the offense. Um, and I want to start at the top. And that's not Matt Ryan, it's Arthur Smith. Obviously, he was brought in uh, for his offensive prowess, was one of the top offensive coordinators the past two years in Tennessee. You know, everyone sort of points to Derrick Henry, but I think, you know, the bigger story in Tennessee was what he did in revitalizing the career of Ryan Tannehill, taking a guy who was uh, almost on the outs, was not even uh, signed to be a starter, was signed to be a backup in Tennessee and turned him into a Pro Bowl level quarterback uh, in the uh, year and a half that he started for uh, Arthur Smith. So that got him the job here in Atlanta. Uh, he is going to bring a similar scheme uh, in in some in some ways to what uh, Kyle Shanahan ran here, uh, highly successful in the red zone. What's your take? How big of an impact do you think Arthur Smith is going to make uh, on this team, not just as head coach, but really as offensive coordinator? Well, I mean, just right off the bat, Matt Ryan and, and a lot of these veterans on the staff, they've never had an offensive-minded head coach. I mean, Mike Smith and Dan Quinn were always the you know, sort of defensive minded guys. Um, and, you know, I think it's going to be a little refreshing for Matt Ryan himself to just have that kind of voice in the huddle uh, or not in the huddle, but, you know, on the field yeah. uh, to, to give him guidance a little bit. And uh, as you said, you know, a lot of people point to Derek Henry as being the reason that, you know, Arthur Smith got all this acclaim. But I mean, again, you, you Ryan Tannehill doesn't become that efficient by accident. Um, mm-hmm. There's you, there is some coaching involved with that. And, uh, you know, if you look at the tape with a lot of what Arthur Smith was doing with the Titans, you know, every successful offense has a good run game. And, you know, I don't care if that's the Tennessee Titans, you got Derrick Henry, the 49ers, the Chiefs, they all have an element of a run game. And mm-hmm. you, know, you, you got to have that. And my worry with the Falcons this year is maybe they don't have it yet, you know, given the the running back. And, you know, I think running back, Mike, Mike Davis will be a good addition. And I think he'll be better than Todd Gurley. But, we really don't know what he's going to bring to the table yet. You know, the at his pinnacle, I'm we're hoping this is a Michael Turner situation. You know, a guy that had been a backup for all these years finally gets a running back one shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, the, the wide receivers, you you have Ridley, you have uh, Zacchaeus, you have Gage, but after that, it's kind of a drop off. So, you know, it 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 might take a little bit of patience. You know, you saw when Kyle Shanahan went to the 49ers, it took about two or three years to really get it to where they are now. Um, so maybe don't expect immediate results. I do expect improvement immediately on the offense. Um, you know, I, I think it's hard to, to decline when you go from Dirk Cutter to, uh, to Arthur. <laughs> um, but uh, in, in that case, no, I, I do. I do like what Arthur Smith is bringing to the table. And I like his his polar opposite sort of persona of what Dan Quinn was, you know, that, you know, Dan Quinn brings that rah rawness to, to the locker room and Arthur Smith is sort of that no BS coach, you know, he's, and I hate yep. to say the comparison because it's unfair, but very Belichick esque. And, you know, we're on to Cincinnati type mentality. Uh, you know, just do your job. Do you, you know, we're, I'm, I'm not, there's nothing more to it. You know, we're, we're professional football players, the jobs to win games, uh, none of this other you know, BS that goes around with it. So <laughs> players are respecting that. Yeah. I think there was a clip that the Falcons had on their site of Arthur Smith telling guys in one of the practices to get lined up. Uh, and they're not responding as quickly as he wants. And he starts yelling at me. He's like, you gained two yards on the play. You want to celebrate that? Yeah, uh, and, exactly. And refreshing. Yeah, it sort of flies, like you said, in the face of um, you the know, really positive, upbeat coach that Dan Quinn was. And the players loved Quinn, but I, I think at the same time, 
uh, he he probably did not crack the whip in the way that we're seeing as much Arthur as he should have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Smith has line. certainly done that. Yeah, there, there is a line. And, you know, I think you can certainly cross it on the other side, too, where you, you, you end up being that uh, hard-nosed coach that can't get through to the players because all he does is abuse them. Um, and it looks like, and we'll see how this plays out. Uh, this, this is not something we're going to know immediately. Uh, we'll see how that plays out with, with Arthur Smith. Um, all right, the offensive line. You mentioned it earlier. I feel like this is the unit on the offense that has people the most concerned um, let's, you know, right now the starters, you know, if we start from left to right, Jake Matthews, quality player, left guard, huge question mark, rookie Jalen Mayfield right now starting, um, in place of, uh, oh gosh. And now I'm drawing, Josh drawing Andrews, I believe. Yes. Thank you. Josh Sanders, yeah. uh, who is on the injured reserve right now, um, at center, Matt Hennessy, who is only in his second year playing, um, at right guard, Chris Lindstrom, who I think is turning into a very, very good uh, interior offensive lineman. And at right tackle, Caleb McGarry, who is also uh, going into year three uh, and has been a player that has struggled at times at right tackle. Uh, the depth, as you mentioned, Jason Spriggs at tackle, Colby Gossett, who we just signed off waivers uh, this past week, and Drew Dahlman, uh, who the team drafted uh, in this draft class. So uh, the offensive line, what's your take on this unit right now? And, and does it concern you as well? Oh, I think it's the biggest concern on the offense by a country mile. I mean, you, you really only have two certainties uh, on the line right now. As you said, you got Jake Matthews and Chris Lindstrom. Um, you know, I think one of the most underrated concerns for this offensive line, you know, you, you said, you know, Mayfield and McGarry guys who have question marks. I think a big concern is Hennessy. Um, yep. You know, because that center quarterback exchange is such an important part of the game. And he struggled a lot last year when he took over for Alex Mack. Um, mm-hmm. I, again, I hope that that's changed a little bit. But, uh, you know, it, it's definitely my biggest concern on the offensive line. And I, I think he's had a couple reps. Uh, can, correct me if I don't know if you've seen this or not. I think maybe Hennessy's gotten a few reps uh, during the preseason. Yeah, um, it was like two or three. It was, it was really just a handful. Kind yeah, of surprising. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that's important. Again, with him, it, it's important to get those with Matt Ryan, you know, not necessarily the, the backups. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, they, there's a lot of question marks there. I think Drew Dahlman has looked very behind the eight ball. Again, he's a rookie, so, you know, that's expected. But, um, you know, should some of these guys go down, you know, Jake Matthews go down, goes down, Jason Spriggs, you know, he's he's made his rounds in the NFL for a reason. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, Jalen Mayfield, again, Jalen Mayfield could – potentially be an upgrade over Josh Andrews. You know, Josh Andrews is another one of those journeymen who's never really stuck anywhere. So he had experience. Yes. But yeah, again, take that with a grain of salt because he's been going all over the place for a reason. Um, and Caleb McGarry is a big question mark because he's a guy that's always shown potential. It, it just seems like he can't stay healthy. Yeah. Um, I think that's his biggest issue right now. And again, he had it during the preseason again. So if he can stay healthy, I think there's a chance for him to really develop. But if, if he has another injury plagued year, there could be a, 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 you know, a problem there as far as moving on from him already, because, you know, a guy that can't stay on the field, you, you can't keep investing. in him. Yep. Um, so, you know, it, it's a big question mark right now. And as you've seen that the Super Bowl champions of the past, they're, they're one on the, the trenches. And uh, right now this team doesn't have that at the moment. Yeah. And uh, it, it's funny. I've gotten to an argument with the, uh friend of mine about the Falcons and he was insisting the Falcons absolutely have to draft a quarterback in the next year or two. And I, I was actually arguing that I think they need to start investing in the offensive line again in the first, second round. 
um, and start really stacking the, the trenches. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, you look at Tampa Bay last year uh, compared to Kansas City in uh, you know, the championship game. Kansas City was on to back up uh, offensive linemen, and Tampa mostly had you know, their, their guys healthy and had a top-notch offensive line, and they absolutely shredded them. And I think that story continues to hold up year after year after year. And the Falcons, and again, there was no way Terry Fontenot with the cap uh, situation he had was going to rebuild every aspect of this team in one offseason. Um, so fans may get frustrated that the offensive line is not going to be a top-notch offensive line, but unless they shock us, and which is certainly a possibility. Yeah, um, there, there's always a chance. But again, as you said, this cap situation is really hamstring the team. Yeah, and I, I feel like we're going to have to be patient, and hopefully Arthur Smith can really just coach up these guys like crazy, uh, but that remains to be seen. Um, all right, quarterback. <laughs> I just mentioned it. Uh, certainly, you know, one of the controversial uh, decisions was, you know, for the Falcons to skip quarterback in this draft class that was considered to be particularly QB heavy. Uh, five quarterbacks went in the first round. Uh, they passed over both Mac Jones and Justin Fields, and they obviously grabbed Kyle Pitts, who we'll talk about in a bit. But Matt Ryan, the quarterback, how are you feeling about them sticking with the 36-year-old veteran, uh, especially since, really, they they were financially unable to move on from him? Yeah, I mean, again, starting with the financial issue, you had to. You know, There really wasn't a choice for them to do that. They're already in this really awful cap situation, but... All that aside, I think it was 100% the right move. I mean, quarterbacks can play a little bit long. Like it isn't years of the past, you know, where, the, where quarterbacks have to retire. You know, 35 is the year, and you start seeing them go downhill. Yeah. Um, I think it was the right move. I think Matt Ryan has personally, to me, shown no signs of decline. I think the issue in decline has been his offensive coordinator and, you know, <laughs> having an awful defense to play under for the last few years that it sort of reflected poorly on him. Uh, I mean, look, this is a guy that's stayed healthy. I think he's missed one game his entire career. And, yeah. you know, that's a really underrated aspect of quarterback play, you know, just consistency, the guy who's always there and has been there for a long time. So I think it was the right move. Again, I, I think he's primed for sort of that bounce-back type season. Uh, again, he's consistently a 4,000-yard passer. Who knows what he can do with an extra game and an a offensive-minded head coach for once. I mean, again, he's been stuck with that defensive type of coach for, for so long now. And, you know, a, a coach who actually knows what's going on on the offensive side. Uh, I mean, he's been stuck with Dirk Cutter for so long now. And <laughs> I believe, I think I saw a graphic today. I, I think under Matt Ryan, there's been five losing seasons. And I think four of them have been under Dirk Cutter. So, I mean, that, that, wow. that shows you something right there that, you know, maybe it's a product of, you know, and I, I, it was interesting. I saw a little bit of a, a film study on on some plays that, that Matt Ryan was, was, you know, working with this year with, with Calvin Ridley and, you know, it, it really was baffling because it's something you never really pay attention to during the game, but you see some of these routes develop and it's really a baffling how Ridley put up some of the numbers that he did last year because these route trees, they take so long to develop yeah. looking at the film from last year. And you're just like, wow, like it's, it's crazy just how long, you know, and these routes that he's coming up with, it almost looks like something Madden related that, you know, it's just it was a basic <laughs> type of of route tree that he's running and you know it, it's really kind of crazy just that he was as sec- successful as he was it kind of speaks to the pedigree of how good those players are in, in such a poorly designed game plan yeah it, i think that even holds true when you go back to dirk cutter's first tenure in atlanta where he was you know he had in 2012 roddy white 
Tony Gonzalez, uh, Julio Jones, uh, certainly having that talent, I think masked, yeah, and, and yeah, masked issues with his play calling that uh, stood out like a sore thumb when you had uh, Julio injured, you know, throughout the 2020 season. And oh my word, as you mentioned, I think Ridley really sort of overcame offensive deficiencies in the play calling. So, I mean, on that note, the the wide receivers, the you know, I mentioned Julio Jones, he's gone. Uh, the Falcons have essentially promoted. We knew this was going to happen eventually. It's just, I think, happening a year sooner than fans maybe were anticipating that Ridley would move up to wide receiver one. Russell Gage, by default, moves up to wide receiver two. Uh, and then after that, you know, probably Lamade Zacchaeus is wide receiver three. And then you've got like a bunch of guys, Christian Blake, Tajay Sharp, Frank Darby, none of whom particularly impressed in the preseason in any way that made you feel comfortable with them. What do you think about this wide receiver group? Uh, even even with the understanding that Arthur Smith is probably going to run a lot of sets with just two wide receivers on the field. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of that is going to be made up with the tight end sets that he's using. Um, yep. Again, in practice, I've seen him use a lot of, you know, two, even three tight end sets, you know, with, with Lee Smith, Kyle Pitts and Hayden Hurst on the field. Um, so I, I think that's going to make up a little bit. Again, if you look at it on paper, it is a little bit concerning because, Outside of Ridley Gage and, uh, and maybe Zacchaeus, it's it sort of is a big drop off there, um, you know, with with four and five. But again, I, I think Hayden Hurst and Kyle Pitts could be sort of considered wide receivers in themselves because just how often they're going to be used. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's an argument that you know either Hurst or Pitts could be number two or number three in in catches this season for the team. Just how much that they're going to use those two, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it is a little bit of a concern, uh, just, you know, because after that drop off, it's just so much of an unknown. But um, I think the tight ends, you know, there's there's a reason why they have so many on the roster. So, you know, I, I think it'll be all right. Yeah. And just as a to, to reinforce that point in 2020, uh, Arthur Smith's offense in Tennessee, um, his number two target was not wide receiver two it was the tight end the number three target was their second tight end. <laughs> so wide receiver two was not actually a prominent target. Um, I'm sorry, it, uh, I had that backwards. Wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and then the two tight ends were the third and fourth most targeted uh, weapons on the team. So that third wide receiver did not come into play uh, until like the after both tight ends uh, as far as targets. So I think that will probably hold up in Atlanta as well. Um, and that's something that could negate the lack of depth at wide receiver. Let's just hope these guys stay healthy. I think that's going to be a recurring theme um, for the Falcons. All right, tight ends. You mentioned Pitts, Hayden Hurst, uh, Lee Smith. Obviously, is here just to knock heads and and you know run block and pass block. Um, I feel like Pitts and Hurst could be the most dangerous duo over you know the the course of the season. Pitts may get off to a slow start, but I also feel like Arthur Smith is going to try to find ways to scheme things to him. Well, what's your take on this dynamic rookie? And then I think the guy who maybe is getting overlooked here a lot, and that's Hayden Hurst. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. I think the guy who's getting overlooked the most is Hayden Hurst because you look at it from you know just a contractual standpoint, he's in his contract year, so he's playing for for something right now, whether that's yep. for the team or for more money next year. There's There's something to be said about that. Um, but again, just watching them in the preseason and watching them in practice, he is, you know, he, he, he is getting a lot of targets. He's arguably getting more than Kyle Pitts. Um, and I think you saw a few of the scrimmages too. Um, so, 
whether that's something to be said or not, um, I think Kyle Pitts, he's going to get his catches. Obviously, he's the first round pick. He's Kyle Pitts, he's, you know, playmaker. Um, but again, this could be the strongest room in the in the offensive, you know, offensive unit here, be, you know, given if everyone stays healthy at this point, because they're pretty deep. They got pa- Parker Hesse, who I, I think he's on injured. I don't know if he's on injured reserve. I think he's the COVID list right now. Yep. COVID list, that's what it was. Um, so uh, again, it, it's a pretty deep room right now and it's deep for a reason. Uh, Lee Smith, again, he's going to get his catches too. Uh, but again, I think the, the biggest thing with them is just how creative Arthur Smith gets with them because I've seen Kyle, Kyle Pitts line up in the, in the slot out wide at the tight end set. And I've seen the same thing with Hayden Hurst. So this isn't <laughs> just your prototypical tight end set that you're used to seeing. You know, it's, it's going to be different. It's going to be a lot of fun. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, I'm pumped. I, I am too. I, I cannot wait to see these guys on Sunday. Um, all right. Finally, running backs. Uh, you mentioned Mike Davis earlier. I, I love the Michael Turner comparison. I actually made that same one uh, about a week ago because people were saying, oh, he's just a backup quarterback. And I said, you know, not that he's going to be um, MT33, but. Michael Turner was also just a backup until he came into Atlanta in 2008. Uh, And I feel like Mike Davis showed a lot last year in relief of Christian McCaffrey in Carolina. Uh, He doesn't have a lot of tread on the, on the tires either. So he's a guy that, you know, should still have fresh legs. And then behind him, you've got this interesting uh, backup in, in Cordero Patterson, who was really brought in to be, you know, our, our special teams uh, ace on, on returns. Uh, and then Wayne Gallman, who they just recently uh, picked up on waivers from the 49ers, a player that actually performed really well for the Giants last year in relief as well. Uh, so what's, what's your take on the running backs and, and the, these three guys in particular? Yeah, Mike, Mike Davis is definitely going to be tried to, to be used as that ground and pound RB1 type of player. Um, again, we, we don't know a whole lot about it. We've, he's, he's shown you know, encouraging signs, you know, backing up Christian McCaffrey, as you said. And I'm sure the hope is that he'll turn into that Michael Turner-esque type of player. Right. I think, with, with, I really think with the running backs right now, the concern is just the offensive line if they have holes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, going back to the running backs, Cordell Patterson is definitely at this moment, from what I've seen, again, unless Wayne Gallman um, unseats him for the time being, I think he's the running back too right now. And it's weird, you know, seeing number 84 in the backfield. Um, but, uh, <laughs> He he's shown promise. He's a big guy. You know, it's it's weird. He looks. I mean, again, that eighty four. I think I think he played wide receiver in college. He's always he did. Yeah. Um, so he's a bit of a weird position, I think. But uh, I've seen a lot of use out of all these guys. You know, whether that's screens from the, out of the backfield or just straight up runs. Uh, I, I I don't know a whole lot about Wayne Gallman. I know that he's shown some promise in. Uh, I believe he was in New York. Um, you know, what he was doing there. I was a bit surprised by that. I thought Quadri Allison was was had that position locked up pretty good. Yeah, um, we were all surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, him and guys uh, um, number forty two, Caleb Huntley. Yeah, um, I thought both those guys had those positions locked down pretty good. But uh, regardless, they must feel pretty confident about him to have him on the practice squad and and uh, to keep these three locked in on as the the top three guys for this offense right now because. They're definitely going to be used a lot because one thing out of Arthur Smith's offense is it's designed out of the run. It's it's run centric that you know so the things in the, in the passing game can get opened up. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it, it it people often forget that's how the Kyle Shanahan offense was designed too. Oh, absolutely. It was it was designed to to get openings for Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman and 
opened up play action to, to make Matt Ryan that much better. And I think that's, that's what we're going to get, you know, barring any travesties on the, the offensive line. <laughs> uh, that almost seems like an inevitable travesty on the offensive yeah, line. But, it's uh, terrifying. Yeah. Let, let's knock on wood and hope that that does not come to fruition and that the, the coaching staff sees something we're not seeing. Um, I do want to talk about the other side of the ball in particular, Dean Pease, what he's going to bring to the table But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay snack It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay snack bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hip Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. I'm joined by Miles Garrett of Fox 5. And we're talking about the Falcons team as a whole going into this 2021 season. That's right around the corner this upcoming Sunday at home, hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. We talked about the offense. We want to talk about this defense and start at the very top because this name, I think you mentioned it earlier in the podcast. He's a guy that I think is inspiring a lot of confidence from fans. And I do want to remind people, like this blow, blows my mind that the 2020 defense actually finished 14th in DVOA. They were sixth against the run, which <laughs> was crazy. Wow. Um, and 19th exactly. against the pass, which kind of makes sense. But yeah, when I looked at that, I was like, this is, this is a better group than I thought they were in 2020. And now they have a guy like Dean Pease coming in uh, who told them he wants them to be that defense that we saw against Kansas City when the Falcons nearly shocked uh, the Chiefs at the tail end of the 2020 season. Um, so, Miles, your take on Dean Pease, this highly respected veteran defense coordinator who's been in the league maybe, uh, I think, longer than you've been alive, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he really aged me there, um, David. But, uh, um, no, I mean... <laughs> no, he's really old. Let's be clear. He's got 72 years old. <laughs> no, 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 it's fair, it's fair. Um, but... Uh, yeah, no, there is there is something to be said at, uh, you know, every stop that Dean Pease has been at has had success. Um, again, it, it might be a little bit different with the uh, the Falcons now because I think this is the least amount of talent he's ever had to work with. You know, the, the cupboard isn't very full right now with what he's usually working with, whether that was at, uh, you know, New England, Baltimore, or uh, I guess the event stint to Tennessee as well. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, there's not a lot to work with at the moment. Um, whether he can do things that can, again, all I'm, all I'm looking for is slight improvement with the defense, right? Like, I mean, this defense has been near the bottom of the NFL in nearly every category for like the last 10 years. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, again, they, they have, they've had some promise. They've had some moments, as you were saying, you know, going back to that Chiefs game. Um, and again, you, know, you, you talk about what you've seen from the preseason, the different looks and all that. It's, it's, it's very encouraging with what, uh, what we're used to seeing out of this defense. But um, yeah, I mean, I, again, I, 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 I put a lot of emphasis in the fact that coaches who have success at every stop they've been at usually continue to have that success where they go. Um, they're they're good at adjusting to the times and new schematics. Um, you know, again, like that's a Tennessee or Baltimore. He, he's seen different eras of of offenses, and he's been do, able to adjust pretty well to it. So, I'm pretty confident. I think that's the arguably one of the top three additions for the Falcons this offseason was getting Dean Peace out of retirement to come here. Um, and again, I just I'd like to see what he looks like with. Uh, with a starting defense with that the, the Falcons have. I'd like to see what he what he does with Deion Jones and, and Grady Jarrett, AJ Terrell, those those you know, penciled in starters that we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Uh, to that point, let's start with the defensive line. You know, we talked about the trenches on the offensive side. Uh, the the guys in the middle. Grady Jarrett obviously is the anchor of not just this unit, the entire defense, if we're being blunt. He is legitimately one of the best defensive tackles in the league, uh, one of the best interior pass rushers in the league. Doesn't get uh, enough respect. Yeah, he doesn't get nearly enough respect. The guy should have been in five Pro Bowls uh, already and, and uh, really is just now beginning to get some recognition league-wide. Um, but he is next to, you know, a bunch of guys, guys that maybe can develop. You know, you look at a second-year player like Marlon Davidson, they have a lot of hope for him. You know, Tyler Davison in the middle, he is what he is. He's a run stopper, not much else. Uh, Jonathan Bullard looked good in the preseason. What's your take on um, the guys in the middle of this defensive line? Yeah, the, the defensive line seems like it has, you know, a little bit of depth on it at the time being. Um, a little bit. Again, I, I say that sort of hesitantly. Comparatively. <laughs> Comparatively, right? Yeah. Like, again, I, I want to see a little bit more out of Marlon Davidson in year two. Uh, I want to see him sort of develop a little bit more, maybe take that I think he will. Um, it seems that they have some big plans for him, and I think Arthur Smith has been impressed with what he's been doing this offseason and in the training camp. Um, as you said, Taylor Davidson, he is that run stopper, just for that big guy at the nose position. But um, John Comiskey, I think, is a guy that really needs to step up his game this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he showed promise, I think, his rookie year, but uh, he's, he's sort of, I think, tapered off a little bit after that. I think he needs to show me something to, to warrant, um, you know, Honestly, staying on this roster because again, it's it's a, it's a guy that that um, is taking up a spot if otherwise you know he doesn't pick up his game. So mm-hmm. um, I'd, I'd like to see more of him. And um, yeah, I mean I, the the linebackers look to be a, sort of a strong suit right now as well. Um, how Dean Peace uses sort of those two positions together, the defensive line and the the linebackers, whether that comes to blitz packages or you know disguising. Uh, coverage uh, it remains to be seen but um, yeah I do like what I've seen out of that group and I think Grady is sort of the headliner there that's going to anchor it down yeah hopefully he'll finally get uh, some surrounding pieces around him to make this a a respectable defense and honestly nice to have one more guy down there on the line that just exactly and maybe that's Marlon. Maybe maybe Davidson takes that step forward this year. Um, I, I know we would all love to see that as a, a second-round pick from 2020. Um, you mentioned the linebackers. And right now, you know, if we look at the outside linebackers, we've got Dante Fowler, who we found out not too long ago played through a high ankle sprain through most of 2020, which could explain you know, his, his really poor performance uh, last year. 
Uh, you've got you know some rotational guys that are starters like Jacob Tuyoti Mariner, who, funny enough, on the Falcons' depth chart is his own backup. Uh, I think hmm. they they messed up a little bit. He he will be his own backup at outside linebacker. <laughs> um, and then you've got the rookie who has looked good in camp, uh, Aditi Kumbo Ogundeji. I swear, I for some reason I can get his name, but I can't get Tuyoti Mariner. Um, so, <laughs> Uh, of all the names, yeah, I'm, the, I'm the opposite. I can get him because I was up in Notre Dame, so I, I know. <laughs> um, and, and then the inside linebackers, uh, which may be a, a strength here: Deion Jones, Foye Luakun, uh, Michael Walker, who I think is uh, looks like he's taking a, a big leap forward in year two. What do you make of the inside and outside linebackers? And do you feel like there is some potential in this group, especially with some of these young guys? Yeah, I personally really like, I mean, this is probably the position group I like the most on the defense right now. Um, because, again, I think Deion Jones is another underrated player on this defense that's been mm-hmm. just sort of overshadowed by how poorly the defense as a whole has performed. Um, you know, I, I, I do think Dante Fowler is going to take another step this year. You know, last year, as you said, that injury. Uh, we also spoke to his uh, one of his coaches this offseason. He's been telling us how different he's been looking. Uh, sort of the training that he's been going under and, you know, the difference between last year and this year showing us a video. So we're definitely expecting a lot of big things out of Dante Fowler. If not, then you know, that's going to be one of the biggest disappointments of this season um, if he doesn't take that next step because they're trying to get him, obviously, back to that L.A. Rams form, you know, because yep. it, if, he, if he can get to that L.A. Rams form, I think this defense will be able to take that next step. Um, uh, you know, I think that he'll be a, a major key of that, taking the next step if he can just get to the quarterback because – we know Grady's going to cause havoc, and you know, you know, Dion's going to be making plays. If you can add another guy like Dante Fowler to do something too, then this can add a whole new dynamic to this team that otherwise has not had it in the last few years. Foye Luakon is another guy that you know is sort of flying under the radar. I think he's going to have a good year for them. I really like, and again, you, you said him earlier, but I think he's going to end up in the starting lineup by the end of the season. Ade Ogundeji. Uh, I think he's been the best preseason player we've seen so far. Um, he's been taking mm-hmm. a lot of first team reps on, uh, during practices. So I think he's going to finagle his way into the starting lineup before the season is over. Um, and you know, Dorian Etheridge has even shown some promise during the preseason. I think he's made yeah. a few plays that uh, have caught my eye. And as you said, I think Michael Walker, it's, it's a little fitting that he's, he, I believe he is Deion Jones's backup right now. Um, but those two are very similar types of players. And that's why I think Falcons fans and the Falcons themselves like him so much because when he's out there, you see Deion Jones, you know, he, he's yep. very similar in his game, sort of, you know, that guy with long range and, and can move around the field pretty well. Um, so, yeah, I have, I have high hopes for this, this unit. And uh, I think they're the highlight for him right now, barring injuries, of course. They could be a lot of fun to watch under Dean Pease with uh, those a gap blitzes, uh, seeing Deion Jones, Michael Walker coming up the middle and, and hitting these quarterbacks. My oh, only, yeah. My only regret is I wish Drew Brees was still playing so we could see him get hit in the chin. Um, <laughs> he left right. at the right time. Yeah, he, he left at the perfect time. Um, we can hit Jameis Winston. It'll be a little bit of fun. Um, yeah, yeah. I'd rather him hit Jameis than Drew. Yeah. All right. The secondary. This may be where some of the biggest questions lie, but at the same time, some promising players again. You know, we look at – uh, corner, you've got AJ Terrell, who by all accounts is looks like he's ready to make a big leap in year two after having a, a, a relatively good rookie season. Um, you know, opposite of him, you've got Fabian Moreau, who I think is going to end up being a, a really good value signing for the Falcons. 
Um, past those guys, I think the depth at corner becomes concerning. Isaiah Oliver will take the the nickel uh, nickel snaps uh, as a, the slot corner, and then you've got like guys like T.J. Green, Darren Hall, Avery Williams, a bunch of you know Darren Hall and Avery Williams are rookies, so you shouldn't expect too much out of them. Uh, and then Kendall Sheffield, who I didn't even think was going to make the roster to begin with. Um, and then at safety, you've got you know the two veteran uh, guys, Eric Harris, Daron Harmon, brought in you know really as as a stopgap. But actually, I feel like the guys behind them have a, a ton of potential. Jalen Hawkins has looked really good this preseason, and obviously Richie Grant, our second round draft pick. So, what's your take on this secondary? Do you agree that uh, it's got a lot of question marks, but maybe some you know really promising pieces for the long term? Yeah. And again, I, th- I think AJ Terrell is going to be the staple of this unit. I, th- I think he's going to take a big jump to really establish himself as frankly, I think one of the better cornerbacks in this league. Um, again, w- without a preseason last year and without any proper development, I think he played phenomenal uh, for, for a rookie without that mm-hmm. kind of coach. And uh, th- based on what I've seen the, you know, at practice and during, not during the preseason, but um what Arthur Smith has said, it sounds like he's just fully comfortable in his role now and is and just really making plays there. Um, I'm, I'm very optimistic about AJ Terrell. Um, outside of that, I don't know quite yet because I just really haven't seen Jerron Harmon and Eric Harris and you know maybe Moreau in, in action yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I can't really speak on them yet. Again, they're, they're veterans, so that, that's good to know that they bring some experience. These guys aren't really looking to thrown into you know deer in the headlight situation. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I, I do like the, the guys backing them up. I think Richie Grant will develop into a starter long-term, uh, again, that might not be this year, but, uh, there's a reason he was drafted in the second round. Um, uh, I still have a lot of question marks about Isaiah Oliver. I always have. Yeah. Um, he's never been one of my favorites, uh, per se. Um, but You're maybe, not alone. yeah, maybe, uh, maybe he proves me wrong this season. Um, I mean, hey, he made a couple good plays. The Falcons figured out a good plays he made. Um, he, uh, he, he needs to step his game up a little bit. Um, as you said, I was pretty surprised Kendall Sheffield made the roster as well. Um, but, yeah, as you said, Jalen Hawkins really made his presence felt in that, uh, I think it was the Titans game. Um, he made a few plays coming out there. I think he had a sack. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 a bit of an unknown position group for me. Um, sort of, you know, I guess like the offensive line, not necessarily. You know, you have one guy you you're pretty positive is going to be good, and a few question marks there. So um, we'll see what happens. I I think they'll I'll have to wait and see for this. And I think the Eagles will be a good trial run for this group because you know you have a, a quarterback entering his first season as starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Devonte Smith, I think, will be a good test against you know these cornerbacks. He's speedy, but he's inexperienced. So um, we'll see. Yeah, this uh, we're going to have an Eagles preview on the podcast uh, in the next day or two, and that's one of the the matchups that I'm really eager to see because I think it'll be a, a good, a decent test, not like a Tom Brady esque test uh, against this secondary, but uh, one nonetheless that should you know give us some idea of where these guys stand. Um, but yeah, that's, that is where we stand with this team going in. How are you feeling overall about the, the team, the roster, the coaching, uh, where, from where I'm coming from, I feel like, and this will be proven over the long term. obviously, I feel like Arthur Smith has all the makings of being a good head coach. Uh, the fact that Dean Pease came out of retirement 
to coach with him, I think is pretty telling. Uh, it's a good sign. You mentioned it earlier, you know, the no nonsense approach um, that Smith takes, I think uh, is, is a good strategy for him and, and really probably the most effective one in coaching, especially in the NFL. Um, but right now I, I, I feel like this team could win games, but they are one injury away, like one yes. key guy going yeah. down and it's going to derail the season. Um, so what's your take on that? How do you feel about the coaches, the overall roster construction as it stands in the first year under Fontenot and Smith? Yeah. Um, you know, as, as you said, the, the big question is, you know, they're, they're one injury away from, you know, disaster, um, you know, on any side of the field really at this point. Um, but, uh, you know, I, again, I think the, the, the hope for this team is is usually the Falcons have done very well with first year head coaches when there's been zero expectations. I mean, the Falcons, I think they went what four and 12 the year before Mike Smith got there. And you saw how depleted that roster was before Mike yep. Smith got there and you know, they make the playoffs that first year. Um, same thing with Dan Quinn. I mean, I think he started six and zero his first season with the Falcons. Um, with, with, I mean, again, I think Dan Quinn inherited a little bit more talent than Mike Smith did, but Again, I think the point remains that, you know, turnarounds in the NFL happen very quickly. I think the the biggest problem with this squad is just the cap issues. And I really think this is just going to be an issue where the Falcons fans might have to be just a little bit patient to, you know, clear up some space where they can actually get some playmakers and, you know, get an offense that can reach its full potential with Arthur Smith. Because at the end of the day, I mean, I – I don't know how long Dean Peace is going to stay with this team. I mean, they talked him out of retirement, so I don't know how long he'll be staying with them. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope long enough, um, but I'm not putting all my money on it. So, um, you know, the hope is to get get both sides of the ball some help uh, before Dean Peace retires, and you know, Arthur Smith can develop a little bit. But you know, I think this year, if if it, if it, if they hover around 500, I'd call it a successful season, just yeah. because of their depth and personnel issues right now, and not because of the coaching. I really think that they, they picked the right staff for this team. I think they, they are on the upward trend. And I think just the main issue with this team is just getting the cap under control and getting the personnel in there that, the, that Arthur Smith can work with here. Yeah. And I think that's uh, a very, very fair way of looking at that. And for fans who are listening, uh, obviously uh, I think the key word that you've said multiple times is patience. Uh, yes. we're, we're not contending for the Super Bowl in 2021. Uh, but that doesn't mean we can't have fun. We can't watch this roster develop. We can't watch this team come together. Um, like there's a lot of things we can sort of hang our hat on as Falcons fans this year. Um, but I don't think, you know, cracking into the playoffs and knocking off Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers is going to be one of them. Um, yeah, yeah, not quite unless they surprise me, but, uh, I don't see they would happen, shock me. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like surprise isn't strong enough. <laughs> yeah, it would, it would be truly sh- Arthur Smith should win coach of the year if they're, if they're in the playoffs this year. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, all right. On that note, Miles, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Uh, kept you a while. Appreciate you hanging in there. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you and what you guys have going on, especially the stuff at Fox five which I think needs a shout out. You guys do amazing quality work there with the crew you guys have got. Absolutely. I appreciate the shout out. Thank you. Yeah. I, uh, you can find all my stuff on Twitter. I, I post pretty much everything I do there at, at miles gear TV. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we were posting some good stuff with Fox five. We have three shows. Um, we have rise up tonight that airs midnights on Fridays with our Kelly price and former Falcons for Harry Douglas. Um, we kind of go in, in depth to a lot of different features, you know, whether that's, 
in the nest uh, with you know sort of Falcons legends or Atlanta legends. Uh, this week it's going to be Michael Vick, so we got kind of a cool feature coming out. This week. Very cool. Um, and then Saturday mornings we have early birds with uh, Justin Felder, our, our anchor, and DJ Shockley, who's our other anchor, former Falcons quarterback. And uh, then we have Rise Up, or excuse me, Dirty Bird Report on Sundays, uh, Sunday evenings after the, after the game. But we also do pregame and postgame. Uh, we do a lot of work with the Atlanta Falcons, and uh, we're really excited for the season to start. Yes. Um, and again, I shout out to the, the Fox 5 crew. Justin has been on the, the podcast before. I think arguably one of the nicest human beings I've ever met. Oh, he's um, awesome. And uh, Kelly is uh, doing a fantastic job. She's, I think, just recently come to Atlanta in the past couple of years, if I remember right. Yeah, she came from, it's funny, Justin and Kelly actually both came from Green Bay. Green Bay, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, great crew over at Fox 5. And, and I, I really enjoy the shows. I, I watch them myself. So uh, to all the podcast listeners, you guys uh, tune in to Fox 5. Check out the work you're doing there. Uh, as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW, updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod, and of course our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. So for Miles Garrett from Fox 5 Sports, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>